the one and only. I'm glad to be in his house today. How about you? It's good to be in a free country that would not be free if it wasn't for those that fought wars when communism tried to take over the world, when Nazis tried to take over the world, when fascists, Marxists try to take over the world today. We will not stand for it. We will fight for freedom to our dying breath. And uh, this morning, the Lord has not forgotten us. He is still on our side. And we are the church. And there is no political party that's going to live forever, but Jesus' bride, that's you and me, all of us that are under his blood, are going to live forever. And so we want everybody to be part of that. Our job is to evangelize and lead people to Jesus Christ. That's the number one thing that we do. That's the number one job of the church. And when the church loses sight of that, then the church begins to wither and lose its effectiveness in society. Our number one job is to lead others to Jesus Christ. And sometimes uh, I need to remind myself of that. Whosoever will may come to the Lord. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth and the heart, that's how we get to Jesus. The Bible says we shall not be ashamed of the gospel. It says that in the time of Jonah, when God tried to send a prophet to the country, and the prophet didn't want to go, Jonah resisted God's leadership. And God said, no, I want Nineveh. I want all those souls in that wicked city. I want all those souls that have turned away from my ways. I want them to turn back to me. I want them to be saved. I want them to follow me. And Jonah didn't want to go, remember? And what happened? Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale. And Jonah, the Bible says that they were observing lying vanities and they were forsaking all the mercy of God. And that is why Jonah needed to go. Because God's spirit was in Jonah. And people needed to see it and feel it and hear it. I'm praising God this morning for salvation. For our church. For freedom. For the fact that we do have people that are willing to fight in wars to keep America free. George Washington, known as the founding father of our country, known as the first president of the United States, he believed in Jesus Christ. Others will tell you differently, but if you want to know the truth, go visit his home and read the things that he wrote himself. Read the inscriptions that he put on his own home and in his own memorials and the tombs and things that people put in his memory because it was the words he wrote in his journal. He fought for a place 
where people could freely worship the Lord and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we must stand for that. There could come a time one day where we're told we can't preach the gospel anymore. There could come a time one day where we're told we can't call sin, sin, and eternal life for everyone. But we're going to anyway. We're going to stand for the Lord, and God is going to help us. In Jonah chapter 2, we find the prayer of Jonah. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. In Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, the prayer of Jonah. I've wondered sometimes, what would I have done if I was Jonah? Because I didn't particularly, you know, Jonah didn't particularly like those folks. They were mean, and he didn't want to go down there. He was a little bit afraid. And sometimes uh, I get a little afraid. I'll admit that. I try not to. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm afraid of people, but sometimes you get in scary situations, right? And even the most, even the bravest of all of us can have a little fear. And so Jonah really didn't want to go down and preach in Nineveh. He, God said, go preach to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no, I don't want to go. And then he went the other way. I, I like the part where it says he got on the ship to go the other way, and he paid the fare to get on the ship. You know, we will literally pay to do the opposite of what God tells us to do sometimes. We will literally pay money not to go where God wants us to go. And that's a spirit of rebellion, isn't it? It's a spirit of rebellion. We've seen a great spirit of rebellion rising in our nation. And it's, it's concerning. It really is. And I think that unless the heart of America is touched by the grace of the Lord, by the conviction of God, if the heart of America is not touched by the Holy Spirit of God, then we're going to keep going the wrong way. But the good news is this. There is a remnant of his people who know the Lord and keep his commandments and try our hardest to please God. We fall short of the glory of God. No one is perfect. No one is sinless. And the fact that you commit a sin does not make you a hypocrite. The fact of the matter is we are all falling short of the glory of God. A hypocrite is somebody who's not really a Christian. They're not really saved. They're pretending to be. That is a hypocrite. See, they've redefined the words, several words, like hypocrite. Today, somebody sees a Christian committing a sin, they'll say, well, he's a hypocrite. No, not necessarily. He might have just messed up. He might have just slipped back. He might have just went the wrong way that day. A hypocrite is somebody who's a phony. A hypocrite is somebody that's a phony, that doesn't really mean it. They're just playing a game, and you don't want to be one of those. Jonah was not a hypocrite, yet he sinned. Amen? Jonah was not a hypocrite, yet he sinned. When he went the opposite of what God told him to do, that's a sin, right? That's the definition of a sin. That's a transgression. And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus was beaten and wounded for our transgressions, and he shed his blood for our iniquities. Jonah, it says, pray to prayer. And I like to read the prayer of Jonah. I can relate to it. It says, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord and his God out of the fish's belly. I guarantee you if I was in a fish's belly, I'd be praying to the Lord. How about you? I guarantee you. Well, there sometimes it takes a little motivation 
to get us to pray like we ought to be praying. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations, maybe God was just wanting to hear from you more. Maybe God was just wanting you to call out to Him. Maybe God is wanting America to cry out to Him in a feeling of desperation, in feeling of fear, in feeling of uncomfortable situations, in feeling that we don't know what the future holds. Maybe God is wanting us to cry out to Him more from the fish's belly. Jonah was caught in the fish's belly. Now, see, some people would say, oh, that's a myth, that's a myth. I don't believe it at all. The Bible says God prepared a fish. And, you know, he, he was a big one with a big mouth and a big belly. And, no, and Jonah was in it with all those yucky, dead, slimy fish and stomach acid. Oh, man, I bet he wished he had brought a bottle of Rolaids. He needed some relief. And he was in that fish's belly and he was crying out to God. And don't wait until you're in the fish's belly to cry out to God. Cry out to him every day, all the time, throughout the day. Cry out to God, talk to God, speak to God. He created the human race to talk to him, to honor him, to trust him, and follow him. That's our job and it's our privilege. Jonah cried out from the fish's belly. He said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell I cried. He felt like he was in hell. That's how bad it was in there. And he said, out of the belly of hell I cried out, and you heard my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the sea, and the floods surround me. All thy billows and thy waves pass over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters surround me, even to the weeds, even to the soul, the depths closed around about the weeds were wrapped about my head. Whew, that makes me panic just thinking about it. You ever get a little panicky? I was getting a little panicky this week. How about y'all? I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. You have brought up my life from death, is what it means. Corruption means death. You have brought me up. You have allowed me to live. There's a lot of soldiers that prayed in a lot of wars. Lord, just get me out of this and let me live. And many of them were allowed to come home. Some lost their lives. And so I want to ask you a perplexing question. Do you believe those wars were God's will? Now, I don't want to cast doubt on anything today, but I want to share with you how I feel about the Scripture. The bad and evil things, the sins, the things kids do, the things we do, adults, we sin. It's not just the kids. 
You know, we look at the younger, oh, the younger generation, the younger generation. Let me tell you, the younger generation is just following the older generation. And we should have set a better, better example as a society. You might have set the perfect example. I'm not saying you didn't, but as a whole in our culture. Look at what we did in the 60s. Look at what we did in the 70s. We're paying the price in 2020. And we have strayed from the Lord in many ways that it's not hopeless, but it is not God's will. Someone asked me this week, do you believe that these elections are turning out according to God's will? I would say my answer to that is oftentimes elections do not go according to God's will. God allows people their free will. Do you think it was God's will that Eve walked up to the tree and took the fruit? Then you can't say everything turns out according to God's will. In the end, in the kingdom of heaven, in the, in the ultimate end, everything is going to turn out God's way. But our daily life is up to us. Our society, how we act at work, how we talk, the language we use, how we live in front of others, how we treat other people. That's up to us. And when we collectively elect leaders, that's up to us. Yes, the Bible says God raises up leaders and removes leaders. And I'm not here to preach about the election today. I'm here to preach about it's man's will that's the problem, not God's will. God's will is perfect. Man's will is not, seldom is it right. Our will needs to line up with God's will, then it will be right. If, you're, if your will in your own personal life can line up with God's will more and more each day, same goes for me, it's for all of us, each one of us, if we can line our will up with God's will each day, then we're going to please God more. Amen? It is about free will. It's about free will. And freedom is our most precious possession second only to salvation. Salvation. You know, people in our country and all throughout history have had slavery it is abhorrent to god it is wrong people in our country have experienced extreme oppression through poverty mistreatment of whatever circumstance it's wrong god over and over through the bible tells us as christians we are not to be the oppressors People throughout history of all nationalities and all backgrounds have come together to this place to find a country where we can be free and veterans have fought and died by the millions. Personally, I hope we don't ever have a big war. But if you look at World War II and World War I, 
There were soldiers of every color, every background, every socioeconomic level. There were soldiers from every cross-section of the United States of America that went out and fought and died. There's two people that died so you could be free, the soldier and Jesus Christ. Jonah... He was the prophet of God, but before it was all said and done, he was just thankful to be on dry land. My daddy used to always say that Jonah was a Baptist preacher and he could prove it. And I said, okay, how? He had to be a Baptist preacher because he made that whale sick at his stomach. And he threw him up on the beach. Jonah, I can't even imagine what he went through. But today, the church needs to heed the call to go and win the lost. We need to do whatever it takes to go and win the lost. This last week I preached a revival down in Mansville, Oklahoma, which is near Ardenworts, just uh, east of Dixon, a little ways. And they had good attendance. I enjoy the people there. And I challenged them, and I would challenge you. I I challenged the people at our dinner last night that I'm challenging you to start a Can I Pray For You campaign in your personal life where you ask total strangers that one question, Can I Pray For You? Total strangers and friends, Can I Pray For You? And you'll be amazed that hardly anyone ever is offended by that question. And most people will say yes. Some will say, no, I'm okay, but they'll be thinking about it, won't they? And they'll usually say yes and say, how can I pray for you? What can I pray for you about? And you, they'll tell you, and you start praying right there, right in the middle of the aisle, shopping aisle or wherever. You know, if the church was out doing that every day all over America, we could have a revival in this land. Because after you finish the prayer, you get, the door is wide open. Most people will begin to cry or share. And after you finish that prayer, most people are open to you asking them this second question. Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ and would you like to? And a lot of people will say, yes, I would. And then you just pray with them and say, I'm going to pray and I want you to pray too, out loud. And say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. Please come into my heart and take over my life. I give my life to you. I accept you as the Lord of my life. Take me to heaven when I die, please. In Jesus' name, amen.
And many, many people will pray, and they will really mean it. And whether they really mean it or not is between them and the Lord. Amen? Whether they really mean it or not is between them and the Lord. Our job is to lead them to the Lord. And I would like to see our church do that as much as possible. You know, time is short. You may not have that many days left. I may not either. I'm driving 80 mile an hour down the interstate and missed a big buck about two inches. You never know, do you? And wouldn't it be phenomenal if people everywhere would be responsive and open to us praying for them? You don't have to know the magic words. You don't have to say the words just right. It's mostly about asking Jesus to forgive you and take over your life. I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. Please have mercy on me. I give my life to you. There's no magic words. It's all about what you mean in your heart. If you really mean it. But you can't fool God. You have to really, really mean it. And if you do... The Lord will hear your prayer, he will save your soul, and he'll start you on track to following him. Don't let anything get in your way. You might think, well, I've got some bad habits. Don't let that stop you from giving your life to Jesus. Let him help you cure your problems after he puts you in his book. Let him help you each day. What did he say? If you would be my disciple, you must what? Deny yourself. Uh-oh, you've lost half of America on that one. You must deny yourself and what? Take up your cross. That means sacrifice. You know, living for Jesus is a sacrifice in 2020. If you proclaim Christ or stand up for Jesus or the Bible, about half the country is going to bash you. It's no small number anymore. They might even boycott your business. That's taking up your cross. It means standing up for Jesus no matter what the punishment. Jesus took the punishment, didn't he? But in the long run, you're going to win. In the long run, it may be a long run. But in the long run, we're going to win. Deny yourself. Well, that's how I was made. That's how I was born. That's who I am. No. If you'll deny yourself, Jesus will change who you are. If you'll deny yourself, Jesus will make you his son. If you'll deny yourself, you're no longer who you were born. You're now celebrating being born again, a new creature. Behold, all things have passed away. The old man has died and the new man has risen. Isn't that what we want? That's what I want. 
My life is not perfect. I'm far, far from it. There's no man I've ever known or woman that was perfect. Nobody is without flaws. Nobody is without sin. To him that says, I have no sin, he fools himself, the Bible says. It's not about that. We've got to stop focusing on all the bad things other people do. We've got to focus on the good things that Christ will do for us. And he will set us free. He will set you free. He set Jonah free from the belly of the whale when he decided to do God's will. He set Jonah free from the depths of the sea with the seaweed tied around his head when he decided to do what God wanted him to do. A hopeless situation the devil wants to get you in. He wants you to believe that you're a victim of your genetics, that you are absolutely helpless when it comes to your uh, family and your surroundings and your environment and your upbringing and how you feel, your feelings. I have feelings. Lord knows if I had to get to heaven on my feelings, I'd be headed straight for hell. There is no logic in salvation. There is no human understanding of being born again. There is no, think about it, scientific explanation for a fish that can swallow a preacher and spit him up on the beach. But it happened. we got to stop trying to reason it all out and accept it because we know it's true. How many people have to be saved before we realize that salvation is real? Well, what about that person that walked the aisle, got baptized, they were right back in it, and they never got... Well, you know what? That person and their life and whether they really meant it or not is between them and God. And I believe that a lot of people are just kind of experimenting with Jesus. They just say, I'm going to try this Jesus thing. And I'm going to walk that aisle. I want it, but I, I just, you know, here's the deal. You got to want it bad. You got to want it bad. You got to want it no matter what. You say, I'm going to go with Jesus no matter if anybody goes with me. I'm not going to live that lifestyle. I'm not going to live that pattern. I'm, I'm going to walk away from all of those things that drag me down because Jesus Christ is going to help me. Jesus Christ is going to get me out of this mess that seems impossible. I can't claw my way out of this fish. And even if I did, I couldn't swim far enough and hold my breath long enough to get to the top of the water. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. There is no other way. Jonah. I was down at the bottom of the mountains. Isn't that something? I was down at the bottom of the mountains, verse 6. The earth with her bars surrounding me forever. Yet you, God, brought me up from death. I'm thankful today for some things, no matter how this election turns out. I'm thankful for some things, and I want to share that with you. I prayed 
and a lot of people prayed, millions of people prayed for years that God would again give us a Supreme Court where the majority of them believed the Bible and the Constitution. And we got that. Plus 300 plus federal judges who also believe that way. And guys, our freedom depends on that. I prayed for a long time, a long time, at least eight years prior, that God would send us a hero who would rebuild our military to the strength to dominate again in the world and protect our free country. And we got that. That's an answer to prayer. We don't need to be walking around, ho, hum, ho, God's abandoned us, God's not. Let me tell you something, two things. We don't know what the future is going to bring, and he answered our prayer, and he said yes. We got the judges. We got a strong military again. And I'll tell you something else we got. We got the beginning of a revival in our land. When Jonah was spewed out on that beach, you know what that really was? That was the first day of the revival. I'm telling you, he couldn't wash that slime off fast enough and hightail it to Nineveh. I mean, the revival got started that day. And so when you think it's hopeless, when you think you're trapped and you feel like you're being smothered and you don't know how you're going to, and you get these feelings of fear and emotion, don't go by your feelings. Don't go by your fears. Go by the promises of the one true living God. He will not fail us. We are the church. We don't deserve it based on our past, but we do deserve it based on what Jesus did and based on our future. You see, our past is wiped out. Did Jonah have to keep on living in the belly of that whale? God could have kept him alive his whole life in there. He delivered him, and once he was out, he was out. And I praise God for all the people that have been saved and baptized this year. I've seen them lined up on the streets. I've seen them lined up on the beach on uh, videos. I've seen churches. We have a lot of people here that's been baptized this year in possibly the worst uh, history that we've had in our lifetime. And the best things have been happening. People are getting saved. Have you been saved? This isn't about following this preacher or letting this preacher convince you of something. You don't have to believe one word I say, but please, please, please believe the Bible. It's between you and God. And so he says in verse 9, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. And I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. What a fantastic scripture. Memorize it. 
Say it over and over. Just like John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a great one to memorize. I will sacrifice unto thee with my voice of thanksgiving. I will pay to you what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now when he's talking about pay, he's talking about praising God. I will give you thanks. I will honor you in all I do. I will give back all I can. I'm going to do. I tell you what it would have been if Randall Christie had been in that, in that whale. When he got spit out of the land, it was, Oh, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. Please don't whip me again. See, I grew up getting whippings few the few a day I wasn't brutalized I thought I was at the time we have we have we are witnessing our society pay the price for what the adults have done through the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s that's what's happening right now but God can spew us out of the belly of that whale. And revival can start today. And it starts with me. How about you? How about you? Let's pray. Would you stand with me?